vulnerable. Vulnerable. I'm trying to say it how Tasha from The Bachelorette says it. She's like, vulnerable. Welcome to Peking. I'm Jess, your host, and maybe even your new best friend. And on each episode of Peking, through conversations with my guests, myself, and my listeners, I'm going to be exploring those low moments in life that are actually our greatest chances to peak. It's the podcast I've been missing, and I have a feeling I'm not the only one. The type of self-help that doesn't take itself too seriously. This is Peking. Hey booze, welcome to your final installment of Just Thoughts. I think this is volume three, the third time I've done it over the course of the season, and this is episode seven, so we're coming up on the end of our season. Episode eight, we'll have a guest still to be determined. So this is your last time hearing me ramble on my own for a little while. I actually didn't take any notes or outline this episode at all, and that's unfamiliar territory for me. That's not usually how I do it, but I wanted to try it out and see how it goes and see what it's like to just tell you what's on my mind because really this episode, I do want to focus just on what has been on my mind lately. I had a therapy session last week. I do it like once a month with the same therapist that I've had since, I don't even know what year we started, 2015 maybe. And she, I was talking through kind of everything that's going on with me right now, and at a point in the conversation, she was like, I hope this is going to be your next episode of Peaking. Like, it's so relevant, and I think people will take something from it, and it'll probably help you. And I was like, you know what? Love that. Love when just my existential thoughts become content. <laughs> I guess that's the whole point of this podcast. So where do I even start? Uh Lately, I have been kind of coming off of, I don't want to say a bender because that makes it sound like I've just been drinking for months, which there has been drinking involved, but it's not all that I've been doing. But I feel like it's just been a bender of social activities, travel. I haven't been in one place. Okay, also just to address this really quickly, if you hear a little gurgling sound in the background. I am running my dishwasher right now and it's probably a bad time to do it, but I started it and wasn't really thinking about the fact that I was about to record, so uh, just deal. Anyway, let's take it back to when I first quit my job. So the last day of my job was the last day of April. Then after that, I started putting things in place for this podcast. My first episode was like halfway through May. Shortly after that, I went home for a couple weeks, came back to Chicago for like four days, then went to California on that road trip that I've talked to you guys about for two or three weeks, came back to Chicago for like a week, had my birthday party, went home again, went to a wedding, came back to Chicago, had friends come to visit, then went to New York for my one of my best friend's bachelorette parties. And then got back here, and finally I am just here. I actually canceled a trip that I had coming up, partly because of concerns about the Delta variant, and partly because I was just like, I've been go, 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 traveling 
I, I am feeling in my loins that I need to sit still and have some more me time and refocus on the things that I want to focus on with this time off. You know, it was really great to spend the first two, three months just having fun and resting and enjoying life again. And that's both, you know, coming out of COVID, although now it's looking like we're not really coming out of it, but I got to pretend for a little while and also coming out of my job that had been stressing me out for the past year plus and kind of the combination of that and COVID having stressed me out for that period of time. So it was nice and I'm trying to remind myself that I deserve it, that I earned it, that I've been working really hard for many years and I'm always a person that has fun. That's kind of the thing that I grapple with is like, I do deserve rest. Everyone deserves rest. Everyone also deserves fun and playfulness and to go and be reckless sometimes and be a kid, pretend to be a kid again sometimes. And I do a lot of that because it feels natural and authentic to me. And I even do that when I'm employed, you know, like, even though I had been working really hard and I was burning out, I've never been a person that like lost myself completely in my job. I mean, there were definitely moments of that or certain weeks or certain spans of time. But by and large, I'm always a person who prioritizes fun and my social life and my friends and family and seeing people because that's such a big part of who I am. So To say that now that I'm unemployed, I have more time for those things and I've been doing a ton of those things isn't really exactly accurate or true because I've always done those things even when in jobs where I was grinding, even when I was in school and I was working hard and like I was always a good student. I got my master's degree while working. That was a really busy time a few years back, but throughout I was always having fun. So I do have a bit of guilt about saying like pretending that leaving the corporate world for a little bit has enabled me to do those things because I've always been doing those things. So I just want to acknowledge that. (laughs) But nevertheless, I also think it's fair to say that I deserve rest. I had burnt out in my job and I needed to take time for myself to do some soul searching and figure out, first of all, have fun. And second of all, figure out what's next. And so I feel like now that I'm coming off of those few months of play, I still am going to have fun because that's always what I do, but I also want to refocus on what comes next. And I think there's also a seasonality to do with that. Like it's August, school starts, quote unquote, again soon. There's a bit of a shift in my mindset and I think in the collective mindset of like, okay, the fun and games are coming to an end. What's next? The fall, a new season is coming up, a a time for refreshing and restarting and Anyway, that's kind of where my headspace has been. So shifting from not really thinking as much about what comes next to now being like, okay, am I going to get a job again? Am I going to continue the podcast? Am I going to start a new podcast or change how this one uh, is operating or what the topic is or how, you know, how frequently I do it or whatever? Do I keep it as a hobby and work? Do I try to invest more in it and turn it into a business Do I have a different type of business or brand that I'd want to explore and start? Do I do freelance work? Ultimately, there comes a point in the next couple months where I need to generate income again. So that's at like kind of the bottom line of all of this. But also I'm craving that structure again. I 
find that when all my days are just free and open time to do whatever I want with them, I end up doing way less. Like I've always been a person who when I'm busy, I'm more productive. I kind of like being busy, like being busy at work because then it spills over into my personal life or whatever you want to call it. Like I get, I'm more productive with just chores and errands that I have to do. I'm more productive with even hobbies. And like right now I'm writing, trying to write a new comedy bit, stand-up bit, um, because I'm going to be performing stand-up. Actually, for anyone who lives in Chicago who's listening, on September 1st, I will be performing stand-up at the Lincoln Lodge, which is the kind of company that I did my stand-up class through a couple years ago. They're hosting an alumni show of that class. They actually do it every month, and so I'm on the September lineup for that. And I haven't done stand-up basically for two years. So I'm writing new material. I'm always somebody that collects ideas and writes down little funny tidbits that come to my mind. I have like a really long note on my phone with just funny shit. And so I'm going through all that right now and trying to form it into an eight minute set, which I've never done before. I've only ever done five minutes. And clearly you're all listening to this and you're like, Jess, you have no problem talking for a long time. But to be funny for a long time is different. Anyway, so what was I saying? I really need to focus on writing that set, for example. But because I just have so much free time, like if I don't do it today, I can just do it tomorrow. And that's kind of the way I've been with the podcast too. Like I think I told you guys a few weeks ago that I had been procrastinating. I think part of that is because I just have all this time where if I don't do it today, I can do it the next day. And I end up procrastinating it to the last minute because there was never an urgency. Like it was never that, well, during the week I worked a nine to five, so I'm not going to be able to do it during the week. And if I do, it'll have to be before or after work. And I really don't want to do that because I'll be tired. So I need to do it on the weekend. So really the only option is I have to record Saturdays at 10 a.m. or something. Like having structure from a job then creates structure for the other things I have to do. So recording the podcast, writing a comedy set, even things like, and this is going to be probably part of my comedy set that I'm writing, even things like mailing a package. I have had this package to mail to my friend, Kate. Kate was my second guest on the pod. Shout out. I've had this package to mail to her since February. Let me, let me break this down. Her birthday was in February. I knew that she would be moving to California a couple months later. I thought a nice gift for her would be a framed photograph of us with the Chicago skyline behind us because we have such a photo. So I, you know, got it printed, framed it. It's super cute. I showed it to her on her birthday or around her birthday and like gave it to her. And for whatever reason at the time, I think we were going somewhere so she couldn't carry it with her. So I was like, you know what? Let me just mail it to your new address And that way you don't even have to pack it up and move it with you because she was also stressing about packing at the time. This is such a tangent. It's, I hope it's like results in an entertaining punchline or something. So I hold on to this framed photo for her. She moves a couple months later. I'm like, okay, I'm going to send this over to you. And I'm, and because it's been months now, I feel guilty. So I'm like, I'm also going to throw in a couple other things for you and make it like a welcome to California care package. And she's like, oh, you don't have to do that, whatever. So sweet. Okay. I go and buy the stuff to fill up the package and mail it to her. Then I'm putting it in a box and the box I have at home 
doesn't really perfectly fit everything. And I'm like, oh, I have to like wait till I have a better box. Like, could I just take all these things to the USPS or UPS store or FedEx or something and like buy a box from them that fits it and mail it right then and there? Yes. But instead I'm like, I order enough shit from Amazon and Nordstrom online. I'll get a box that fits this eventually. So eventually I do get a box that fits everything and I tape it up and it just still sits in my apartment because that's the week that I'm about to fly to California and see Kate. I consider bringing the stuff with me to California, but it's not going to fit in my bag with all my other stuff. So I'm like, okay, I'll just mail this to her when I get back from California and I'll also add like a note that's like a thank you for hosting me and it'll be like that. So now it's a combined birthday gift moving away gift, and thank you for hosting me in California gift. I am a terrible friend. (laughs) So I go, we have a lovely time. I come back. This package is staring me right in the face as soon as I get back to my apartment. Finally, a few weeks later, I print out a shipping label online and I tape it on the package and listen to this. I don't even have to take it to like to UPS or something. I literally have to bring it downstairs because my apartment mails out packages. Like, this is how lazy I am. I've been waiting for months to do it, and I just have to print something, tape it, and take it downstairs. Okay, so I take it downstairs. It's ready to be mailed. I'm like, I did it. I text her about it, like, as if this is something she should be touched by or proud of me for. A couple days later, I'm expecting that she's going to receive it. I get a notification from my package system in my building I'm thinking it's the stuff from the Nordstrom sale that I had ordered. I go downstairs. I open the box. It looks strangely familiar. And I'm like, wait, this is the package for Kate. And I realized that I had labeled it to myself. I mailed it to myself. And I paid for that, by the way. (laughs) So now as I tell you this whole story, I'm staring at that package. It's now August. I have been meaning to send this to her since early spring. Yes, I'm calling February early spring. And this is just a a classic example of how, first of all, it's just hard to do that type of stuff. And I feel like the pandemic made it harder. Like every little task is harder these days. It just feels more daunting than it needs to be. And then on top of that, I think for me, having so much time on my hands, things like that, you'd think Literally, I like quit my job to mail this package. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to be able to like get all these chores done and just, you know, be on top of everything now that I don't have to deal with work. No, it doesn't work that way. You end up just sitting on your couch thinking about all the things you have to do, but knowing that there's no time sensitivity on any of it and then you never do it. And it's crazy and it's wild. And I have told a couple people this example and this story and they've thank God, related to it. It's weird to just say it right now into a microphone and not be getting immediate laughs or validation of like, you're not a terrible friend. I have a package that I'm supposed to mail. (laughs) So I hope that that's how you're reacting in your head right now because I feel very vulnerable having shared that. Vulnerable. Vulnerable. I'm trying to say it how Taisha from The Bachelorette says it. She's like, vulnerable. (laughs) Anyway, where was I in the grand scheme of what I wanted to tell you. Yeah. I'm thinking that I might, you know, once I wrap the pod season at the end of this month, I will be able to look back on it as a complete body of work and think about what I want to do next. I already have a lot of ideas for how I'd want to change it up 
and do different things instead. An interesting thing with it is that it was intended to be kind of a comedy and self-help or mental health combo because really the two things that I am passionate about are comedy and mental health. And I do see see a lot of overlap between those two things, like in a lot of interesting ways. First of all, obviously comedy is something that can make someone feel better if they're going through something tough with their mental health. When I've been anxious and I don't know that I've ever truly experienced depression, but I've had depressive, you know, symptoms and bouts, I'd say, at certain times. I turn to comedy. I turn to my favorite comedy shows. I watch stand-up. I go to comedy live shows. So there's that relationship between the two. And then there's also an interesting relationship when you think about comedians and how so many comedians are actually the people experiencing like the most turmoil the most anxiety and depression many of them commit suicide this this gets heavy but I find that heartbreaking and interesting like somebody like Robin Williams when he when when he did what he did like that really broke my heart he's probably the first introduction to comedy that I ever had and I loved how he was able to weave comedy together with like really heartwarming stories in his work and he was able to do both like lighthearted but it makes you think and that's what I wanted with this show and I don't know that I've achieved that and that's okay I think it's really hard to talk about low moments in life and like crack a joke uh or even be lighthearted like I'm not going to do that to my guests I can do it to myself a little more because I you know, can be a bit self-deprecating if I want to be, but also I don't find self-deprecation super funny. So it just has turned out to be a little bit more of a deep, serious show than I initially intended. And I think it's had a lot of value. And I, I think that a lot of what we talk about here resonates with the audience. And that is so gratifying to me and so validating and makes me feel really warm inside that you know, you listen to my stories and the stories of my guests and you feel anything about them and and you feel maybe less alone or you feel understood or you feel like some some tidbit I shared helped you and made you think about something differently. And that's all great and really rewarding and there's value in that to me. But I also am missing the humor part of it and the side of myself that wants to joke around and wants to I don't know. I'm both of those things. Like I am a person who loves to be silly and is naturally looking for the funny in everything, but also a person who is really introspective and loves to have deep conversations and loves to open up and loves other people to open up around me. Loves to be vulnerable. (laughs) So anyway, I was hoping to bridge those two on this show a lot more than I've been able to do. So I'm thinking now about how I can maybe shift more into a comedy space with what I do next on in in a podcast format or in a different kind of format. Like maybe I could do some Instagram live content or something else. I mean, if anyone has ideas for what you'd like to see, I'd love to hear that. The other thing, of course, that's always in the background for me is like I do enjoy doing stand-up, but it's not something that I've ever given like a ton of time and investment to because I don't see myself pursuing that lifestyle full time 
But it is something that I could do on the side and just do as a hobby and do for fun. I think a lot of that decision will ride on how it goes at my September 1st show. And just like if I still feel what I feel, what I have felt in the past being on that stage. And if I feel like I've done well with a new set, then that might be, you know, motivating and make me want to continue doing it more as a hobby. But yeah, I'm just craving that that funny side, that peaking as as wonderful and beautiful of an experience as it is, is not that. So that's that's a little bit of what I'm thinking about when it comes to next steps for the podcast. And then the way that all of this fits together is, like I said, I need to generate income. I am craving more structure in my days. And I'm wanting to satisfy this like humor side of myself a bit more. So... I feel like what I might end up doing is, you know, going back to a corporate job and just like treating it as a job, you know, get in at nine, get out at five or about those times, make a a steady living. Hopefully it can be something that I enjoy a little bit more. Like I would love to do something that touches more on the mental health space. And I'm in, I'm a healthcare professional by background. So like I don't think that should be hard for me to jump into. And then on the side, I have time and energy and space in my life to commit more fully to my hobbies, and that includes comedy. The only hesitation I have, but I'm getting over it the more I talk about this and talk it through with different people, is that I I kind of feel like there's a little gnawing feeling in my gut. Not even my gut, no. It's like, I think it's more my head, <laughs> and it's like, my self-criticism part of my head. And it's saying to me, if you go back to a traditional job at the end of this, then that's failure. And the more I say that out loud, like I've said it to a couple friends and I've said it to my therapist and I've said it just to myself, the more I say it out loud, the more it sounds ridiculous. That's really not true and it's not the case. This time is still valuable even if I go back to a traditional corporate setting because I'm sorting out what my values are so that in the future, whatever I do can align with them better. I think it just feels a little bit like at the beginning of this, I had a deep seated thing that was like, I need to do something different. And I hope I never go back to corporate America and maybe I'll start a company or maybe my podcast will take off in this way. And I I also knew that that's really hard to achieve. And I haven't, to be honest, I haven't put in the effort that, you know, would be required to make something like this, for example, take off. So now I'm here and I'm sorting through all these things and I'm thinking about what make, what makes sense for my next steps. And I feel like it all makes sense and it, I can feel good about it. But there's just that little voice that's like, are you giving up on your dreams? Or like, this was the time that you said you would hit pause and then like there's a fork in the road decision that has to be made. Either you go back to that traditional life that you have been rejecting in certain ways or you like jump off the next cliff and go even deeper into this leap of faith and become self-employed or whatever it is. Do something creative. I don't think it's actually a fork in the road. I think I can kind of re-enter working again with an ability to leave space for both and like 
maybe the fork in the road comes a bit later. Maybe I keep working a job that pays me well and is stable and creates that structure in my kind of schedule and also where I hopefully feel like I'm making some sort of impact, like if it is something in the mental health space or something else that means something to me. And then I'm still having side hustles and hobbies and maybe those turn into something down the line, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen like when I plan it to happen. It's not like you can just shut everything off and decide like, okay, right now is when all this is going to come to fruition for me. It's, it's actually, I've talked to uh, a friend of mine who does comedy about this where like you can't just turn everything off and decide, okay, right now I'm going to write my comedy set. Like you can't schedule time in your week where like after all the other stuff you have to do, you're like, okay, this is going to be my creative hour and just expect that when you get to that hour, your creativity is flowing. Like sometimes it doesn't work like that. And so it's the same with this. Like I can't just say, oh, this was this time period that I decided I'm going to figure something out and it's just going to take off from here and I'm going to have all this creative energy and I'm going to turn it into a venture for myself and that's it. It doesn't work like that. I don't I, I don't feel ready for that. I don't feel like I have it yet, but I feel like I'm in a better place to set myself up to be able to do that in the future. And I can feel good about that. And it's not a failure. It's it's a success. I got something out of this time, even if that's the result. Anyway, these are a lot of the thoughts I've been having lately. I really admire and respect people who take that plunge and I could become that person in the future. And I think I've already you know, taken one plunge that was bold and risky and I'm proud of myself for, but it doesn't mean I need to do it back to back over and over again. The The timing will unfold the way it's supposed to. I think also it's really hard, like being in an environment and in a culture and surrounded by people and also having it ingrained in myself that there needs to be, well, first of all, like money <laughs> is a big factor, but then also just stability and security and being on a regular schedule, quote, quote unquote, all of those things are very ingrained in me and it's really hard to break that mold because even if I'm breaking it, if everyone else around me is not, then I feel like the outsider. I feel like I'm missing something. I, I don't know how to explain that exactly, but my therapist and I were talking about that too, about how even if an individual has like a completely different idea for the way that they want their life to be and for the things that they value, that individual can create a life where, you know, they're honoring that for themselves. But if the society and culture around them isn't also doing that and isn't providing an environment where that's easy, then it's just way bigger of a challenge, right? Like the capitalist cycle sucks you back in and it's how we've been raised and how especially someone like me like my parents are both small business owners and you know came from a different country moved here uh, got really great educations worked really really hard and now own their own small businesses and do really well and you know they've made the capitalist environment of America work for them and they've found success and it's like something I'm so proud to come from and that's what I have seen growing up and I was sent to really great schools and 
I have a master's degree and I've been, I was on that like corporate ladder in consulting for the past eight years. So like everything I know is that and to break away from the familiar is really, it's like you don't know what to do. <laughs> like there's so many options in front of me that are unfamiliar and then there's the one familiar option and my uncertainty and anxiety and self-doubt and like and even like not only self-doubt but also like the parts of me that do value security and do value stability and do value structure and do value familiarity like I just want to go to the familiar I don't know if I want I don't know if want is the right word but I'm inclined to like my tendency is toward the familiar when everything else is unknown so that's a really hard thing to break through I'm thinking about it all the time, every day. Talking on here in this episode really, really helped me. I can't believe I talked for 30 minutes just now. (laughs) And it was not outlined. Look at me. I hope it was interesting. I don't know. I hope somebody took something from it, whether it was that it's okay that you haven't shipped that package yet or if it was a bigger takeaway. You know, I, I was talking, this is the last thing I'll say. I was catching up with a friend of mine and it's funny because we are at very different life stages. She is married and owns a home with her husband and they have, they just had their second child. Uh, their kids are so cute and I love, I love everything going on there. And we were catching up and you would think that like me being single, living in a city, just quit my job and like finding myself in terms of career and passions and creativity and what to do next and her you would think that we would have like a totally different experience right now and not I don't know you'd think it wouldn't line up but we actually really aligned on how we're feeling in this weird like in-between stage right now she's on maternity leave and she was feeling like I'm just kind of in this zone of waiting for what's next. And she and her husband are also talking about, you know, what the next five years look like for them. And they have a lot of ideas of what that can be, both in terms of their family and their lifestyle and their careers. And she's like, I just feel in this limbo of like knowing that change is coming and knowing that like something's next, but not knowing exactly what it is and being torn between wanting to figure that out and being so overwhelmed by it and just wanting to like live in the present and enjoy the time that I have now just to be still and be with my kids and it was weirdly relatable to what I'm going through like I'm in this phase right now where I don't have a job I'm kind of chilling kind of having fun kind of doing my thing and vibing out all the time but I also know that something's next and I need to start thinking about that next thing and there's like this weird pressure between enjoying my time and resting and figuring out what's next. And some of that is because other people want to know what's next. And like, there's a pressure around like, so Jess, like, have you thought about it? (laughs) And that's not to make anyone feel bad for asking me those questions because I don't know, it's just conversation. And pretty much everyone who has asked me that is like, if you're not thinking about it, like, don't worry, (laughs) you don't have to answer. It's fine. I'm just curious. Um, I am thinking about it all the time, but I'm also trying to be present with this like gift of stillness right now. So that's where I'll leave you. I hope something resonates. Thanks so much for listening. I love you guys. I'm excited for the last episode and I'm excited for whatever happens next and for you guys to be on that journey with me. I can't even describe how much it means that 
so many people are rooting for me and like seeing what I'm doing and seeing something in it, I feel seen by you, my booze. If you want more peeking, make sure you're subscribed so you get notified whenever a new episode goes live. You can find peeking on pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcast. So Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and so on. Bonus points if you rate and leave a review. That would really mean a lot to me. And finally, follow Peking on Instagram at Peking Podcast. I'm there every day and I'd love to hear from you. That's all. Thanks, fam. Guys, I don't have an outro blooper for you today. I couldn't figure out any clip to use for this. So I'm just here talking to you. For anyone who actually sticks around for these, I didn't want to let you down because you're my favorites of all the booze. I guess this is what I can tell you. I'm about to go mail out that package.